0: Hi everyone, it's Becca Pleer and you're listening to We Like to Make Stuff, brought to you by WSUM, the podcast where I interview creative people of all kinds about their awesome work. Today we have Alpha to talk about the wonderful world of poetry. But before we start, I want to remind you listeners that the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Welcome, Alpha. (laughs) Good to have you here.
1: Thank you, thank you. Nice to be here.
0: So, could you just tell our listeners a little bit about what you do?
1: Um, Well, I'm a slam poet, so basically what that means is that I create my own original poetry, and then I take this art form to slams, and then we compete for different prizes, scores, things like that. Cool, that's awesome.
0: So... Today, as I said earlier, we're talking about poetry. And as your slam poet, you clearly are qualified <laughs> to be like my expert on this. Um, personally, I've always liked poetry as an art form. I've always liked reading it, uh, learning about it. But I'm not a good writer of poetry. I I have tried and tried, but I just can never seem to get it right. And I feel like that's... Um, a similar experience that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. So, I just want to ask you a bunch of questions about how your experience with poetry went and if you have maybe any tips for people. So, awesome. awesome. So, first off, how did you discover that poetry was something that you really loved and you wanted to continue to pursue even into college?
1: Well, I actually my first experience with poetry was in the 7th grade. My English teacher had us put together a poetry book, and once I turned mine in, the class was pretty impressed, my teacher was pretty impressed, and then he got me into connection with a high school SLAM team. And then once they took me, well, introduced me into SLAM, I fell in love.
0: Awesome. That's really cool. I wish we had something like that at my school, but as I said, not a good poetry writer, so. I believe in you, Becca. (sighs) Thank you. That means a lot. (laughs) You kind of touched on this, but how did you receive most of your education surrounding poetry? Did you ever do anything in your classes in middle school, or was it all through the SLAM
1: team? Um, aside from that one English teacher, there wasn't really too much of spoken word, which is a type of poetry I do. It was more of, like, you know, the older school, not too interesting to me, but... Most of my education on spoken word slam poetry was through that team and through workshops and places they've connected me.
0: Cool. So I'm curious. So you say spoken word. What's the difference between spoken word um, and slam poetry versus like the more traditional poetry that we see?
1: The difference between spoken word is that it is meant to be spoken. So a lot of the like intensity of it comes from the way it is performed because spoken word is performance poetry. So it's, you know, it gets people a little more engaged when you, we like to say we have our poet voices, so you kind of switch over your tone, you switch over how you say things, how they're presented. You can do a little more wordplay because you have actions behind it and things like that. That's really cool.
0: All right. Kind of changing gears here, uh, I want to know about how you write your poetry. Is there a specific process you kind of have, a formula, or is it just certain things that inspire you?
1: Well, it definitely depends. If I'm writing just based off of like shearing motion, like, oh, I was triggered and I have to write a poem, um, I typically just have a few lines that come to my head and I write those down and then they trigger ideas and then I expand upon that. Once I have like a decent amount of things on the page, I try to come up with a concept, which is where my middle usually comes from. Then I try to decide what I want the reader or the audience to receive. Then I get an ending and then I usually go back and put forth an introduction And then if I'm writing for a prompt, then I typically just, like, free write and then edit, edit, edit.
0: Cool. When do you find yourself writing most often? Is it, like, certain things you experience um, are kind of inciting incidents for you to write? Or
1: is it inspired sometimes by other work you see? Um, I think it's more so just if I hear something that needs to be written about. Okay.
0: Like, what's an example of something... You're really passionate about that you've written about in the
1: past i'm definitely very passionate about expressing my own culture so i think that that's what i write about most yeah awesome
0: do you write anything other than poetry do you do short stories anything like that
1: i've i'll definitely say i will dabbled in a little bit of everything I know I took playwriting for a little bit as a course short stories and nonfiction typically come up with your in a poetry setting so I've definitely you know dipped my toe in a little bit of everything but
0: cool has has that other writing that you've done affected your poetry in terms of anything like style or creativity or just improving your writing
1: I think it definitely contributed to me being so much of a storyteller. The majority of my poems, I like to tell a story versus just talk to the audience. Cool, cool. I kind
0: of touched on this earlier, but where do you find inspiration for your poems? Is it it all personal? I know you said it's about, you like to write about your life experiences and your culture. So... Is it political at all or is it all, is it family?
1: It genuinely depends on what is most pressing in that moment. So anything that I feel needs to be written about or even if somebody asks me to write a poem about something, then, you know, it's part of the gig. Cool. So
0: And you mentioned like prompts earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you do that often? What kind of prompts do you get? Where do you get your prompts
1: that's more so via courses so if I'm taking a course on something and we have to create content for it then I've never taken
0: a poetry course
1: so I'm just interested what do
0: you think sets you apart from other poets what makes you unique what
1: makes your style your writing what sets you apart I think well off rip in poetry I would definitely say Every poet is unique because everybody is it's such an intimate thing to create, like to create like your inner thoughts and then express that in your own language, I feel is a very powerful thing. So what would set me aside is just my my ideology and my way of thinking in general, like I don't think the same way as everybody else and I don't express myself in the same ways as everyone else. So when I create a piece of poetry, it is completely authentic and it can't be replicated because nobody else will formulate their sentence that way. That's really cool.
0: Really cool. I
1: completely agree
0: with what you all said. So, in terms of editing, mm-hmm. how long does that take you? What does that process
1: look like after you finished your initial ideas mm-hmm. for a poem? The T is it all depends on where the poem is going. If it's a poem for myself, the editing process probably wouldn't take too long because Well, I'm not going to speak for all artists, but for myself, I don't like to edit. Once I have created something, I love it, I wrote it, I don't want to change it. So when I do go through like an intense editing process, that's typically for a slam. I have to adjust it to be judged. But if it's just for myself, I don't really edit too much. Have
0: you ever not edited a poem for a slam? Have you ever
1: just decided, this is how it is, this is how I'm performing it? When I first got into slam, when I was younger, yes but now that prizes are money i <laughs> tend to <laughs> try to win cool have you
0: ever oh i guess this kind of segues mm-hmm. into my my next question which is have you ever participated in a poetry contest or mm-hmm. performed your poems for an audience i know you just said you do <laughs> slams so that's, there's your answer but can you tell us how that how the slam process works are there different rounds
1: how does that work Um, I've been to quite a few, and a lot of them vary here and there, but typically the way it works, you get about five judges. That way, the lowest score that you receive and the highest score you receive can be dropped, and you can get an average out of the middle three. They're typically around three rounds, and some slams have a lightning round. For some, this is like one minute and 30 seconds. For some, it's a 60-second poem. But general poems are about three minutes with a... With a ten second grace period or a thirty second grace period. So the
0: grace periods mm-hmm. is for like if you if you run over time. Yeah. Okay. What if you can pinpoint, what is your favorite slam that you've been to? Huh.
1: My favorite slam.
0: Or maybe like a really good experience you've had performing?
1: Well, off the top of my head, so I don't waste your time. I think one of my favorite slams was actually my first slam because I knew absolutely nothing about it. And this is, I have three unedited poems. And my the high schoolers at my school, I went to a middle school and a high school, and they took me with them just so I could kind of see and like I could just be a little kid and sign up. And I actually came in second place in the slam. And it was the most amazing thing in the whole world to me. That's awesome. That's definitely like a good thing. Sign that you're in the right direction. (laughs) I think
0: so. Since then, can you kind of, if you have any accolades, anything you wanna, you know, if you have any work that's maybe been published or anything? Oh,
1: all right. Um, I actually did publish my first little chapbook. Um, it's on Barnes and Noble. If you know you're feeling it, it's called "A Wise Kid Once Said." Uses my government name. It's by Courtney Stokes. Um. Outside of that, I've been in an anthology. Um, I've been published in the newspaper at my old school. And I've been on the news in Charlotte, North Carolina for, for performing. And I am a part of a transition scene. My poetry is a part of a transition scene in the movie, Purple Dreams.
0: That's so cool. I I knew none of that, so that's <laughs> awesome. That's very impressive, awesome. How was the publishing
1: process for your chat book? Was it self-published? Yeah, it was more so of just I kind of sat down with some of my mentors and we, like, shuffled through what I wanted to do with the book, what I wanted it to represent, picked out some poems, edited them to make them more so page poetry because I've had to learn that that's a totally different craft. So I had to adjust my work for that. And then we just kind of figured out where we wanted to go with it. If we were more of, I just want to put this on Amazon or if we wanted this in bookstores. We decided Barnes & Noble was the best bet and then just kind of went from there. Cool, cool. What's Is there a, a theme for the chapbook or is it just you? The chapbook is a wise kid once said. So what it is, is it's gathering my poetry through adolescence. So it starts with some of my poetry from when I was 13 up until I was 17 and just kind of shows like... Just so people don't forget that the emotions that children feel or younger kids feel are real. Like this is what I was going through when I was 13 years old. This is how I felt. And I feel like it's important to have that in a poetry book because people will resonate with that more. So if I tell you that, you know, I'm 13 and I have anxiety, an adult might be like, whatever. But if I tell you I'm 13 and I feel like there are demons running down my spine and cold sweat and you're just like, oh, wow. So you have real feelings. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, I do.
0: I think that's actually very important and kind of a good commentary on our society. In in terms of, I think, at least people our age, our generation, we really value youth culture. Mm -hmm. I guess, considering we are kind of still part of the youth. (laughs) Um, But I think that that's really important. And I'm glad you put work out there because... I feel like if I was a 13-year-old kid and I saw a book at Barnes & Noble or on Mm barnesandnoble.com and it was called A Wise Kid, once said, is that right? Yes. And it was written by someone my age who was going through what I was potentially going through. That's really important. I think that's inspiring. (laughs) All right. Thank Thank you. Have you ever won first place? at a slam contest? Yes. What do you think is your favorite part of a slam? Is it whether you win if you win? Is it the experience of
1: performing? Is it meeting other performers? My absolute favorite part of the slam is when it's over, actually, <laughs> because people just feel compelled to like come up and speak to you afterwards, and it just makes you feel amazing, whether they have questions or they just want to commend you for something. like People always want to engage. And that always really touches my heart because when I perform, I'm a very, I talk kind of quick and I talk with a certain tone and I say a lot of powerful things back to back. So people tend to be very quiet when I'm performing. And when your audience is quiet, you don't know if they're enjoying it or if they're ready for you to leave. And it's like, "Mm." and then once I leave the stage and they're like talking to me about it, it makes me feel really good.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) So would you say audiences at slams more often than not, should they kind of give feedback and tell think, the poets how they're feeling or is it more respectful to be
1: quiet? Well it it depends on where you are, honestly. And your the host of the slam will actually tell you if it's appropriate for that slam youth slams it's typically very they're like clap woohoo let them know a lot of adult slams i've noticed they're not so much they're like snap if you need to but let them do their thing so the host will really let you know if it's appropriate or not that's helpful for
0: people who might never have been to
1: a poetry slam before (laughs) i just started attending some
0: this year there are a ton around madison y'all so hit them up find the talented poets in the area do you have besides your poetry obviously? Do you have any poets or any other collection recommendations that you've been really liking lately or just as far as that I myself would yeah. be in
1: connection with? Or or just stuff you're reading, stuff you're listening to, anything? Mm, I would definitely say on the poetic aspect as far as I've definitely been obsessed with the movie Blind Spotting, which is phenomenal. A lot of great poetry in there. Um, I'm drawing blank. Off, I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head. So I've been so hyper focused on my academics right now. I haven't. That is been.
0: completely understandable. <laughs> I think that's how we're all kind of feeling right now. All right. So you said blind spotting. So mm-hmm. that's been one thing, maybe that's been inspiring you. But yes, I have two similar questions. Number mm-hmm. one. Where do you see your poetry going in the future? Like what's in the in 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 the ideal
1: world, where do you see it going? Well, a few places. Like the majority of slam poets, a big goal of mine is to make it to button poetry, which is like the it. If you don't know anything about that, that's definitely a place to look for amazing poets. That's where we're all striving to make it to. Um, outside of Button Poetry, I definitely just want to have more publications and have them be known and understood. Cool. Uh, we'll look out for those.
0: Okay. So you mentioned Button Poetry. Mm-hmm. What exactly is that?
1: That is just the organization of the elite. That's where everybody turns to to find, like, the best of the best poetry and they tend to put together a book of like um poets or poems that they have collected throughout the year okay cool I didn't know that was a
0: thing I'll (laughs) have to look out for that because poetry want to go for the best of the best (laughs) so similarly to the question I just asked I asked you about where you your goals for the future but in this year in 2020 what is your Your vision for yourself and your work, maybe even just personally, not even related to poetry, um, or like manifestation. What are you trying to achieve specifically this year?
1: Well, my goals for 2020, my number one goal for 2020 is definitely to build confidence or more confidence in myself. I feel like at this point that is... Honestly, the only thing that stops me from being as great as I can be is just that lack lack of confidence. So I'm definitely working on building that. And then as far as poetry, I'm actually at UW Madison as a First Wave scholar, which is an urban art scholarship. And through this program, I just want to be more receptive to things so I can grow as a poet. Is there anything else Is there anything else you want to
0: Talk about any questions I didn't ask that maybe people who know nothing about poetry or people who
1: are interested might need to know. Mm, I think, in all of its cheesiness, it is still true. One of our mantras in First Wave is that everything you create is good enough all the time. I think that's important for people to keep in mind if they decide to start writing. Never trash anything, never throw anything away. You know? That's cool.
0: Jumping off of that, I guess I should ask for people. What are the most valuable things to look for to keep in mind if you're just starting off trying to write poetry? Should you immediately look for mentors? Should you just go solo and see what you
1: like? What do you What do you think about that? Um, in my personal opinion, I feel like authenticity is more valuable than anything else making sure that whatever you're creating is coming genuinely from yourself that being said there are so many different styles of poetry I feel like if you should if you're trying to get into like slam poetry spoken word you should really sit with yourself first and start seeing what you just create on your own naturally because when you get with a mentor they're typically established individuals who are ready to mold you and create like help you develop a certain style and if you don't give yourself time to figure out what your style is, you can be kind of force fed into something that's not true to yourself. And then none of your work will be as good as it could be because it's not as authentic as it could be.
0: Yeah. I I think that's very good advice. Very good advice. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was great to have you. Appreciate you having me. <laughs> Stop. (laughs) Um, And thank you all who are listening for listening to the premiere of We Like to Make Stuff. And come back next time for another episode of We Like to Make Stuff with me, your host, Becca Pleer. As always, we are brought to you by WSUM Student Radio. Have a great day, y'all. Keep on keeping on. Create, create, create.